previously on Fun Science Fiction. You know, um, when I go into the session, it's like, Kermit the Frog is like, hi, OG. Miss Piggy is like, hi, OG. They say it in their voice, and I'm like, oh, my God, Miss Piggy. She's saying hello to me. Hi, this is Richard Epcar. Welcome to the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. The podcast where there's a fine line between insanity and genius, but here it's drawn in red crayon. All right, so our guest today is a distinguished voice actor who has voiced some of the most iconic roles uh, over the years. He's done work for the Batman Arkham series, DC's Injustice video games as the Joker, Naruto, Soul Calibur, Mortal Kombat, and so many others. His IMDb currently lists him somewhere between 600 and probably a million projects. However, (laughs) we're very pleased uh, and be able to speak with and welcome to the show today, the supremely talented voice actor, Richard Upcar. Welcome, Richard. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, thank you for for, uh, cutting a few minutes out of your time for us and and, uh, let us ask you some silly questions. Sure. Uh, about uh, voice acting work and you know what you've done and 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 sharing some laughs with us. There are no silly questions, only silly answers. Oh, wait a few minutes. We're well, going to get a couple. We hope there are good <laughs> silly answers too. <laughs> we're we're hoping for a bit of both. Okay. All right. So I'm always a fan and always in awe of you voiceover artists um, because you guys bring such life to your characters in a way that I think that the on screen guys can't can't rival and um you know because with i look at some of the things that you do between the amount of anime that you've done uh the video games animation even the film work you've voiced a lot and you've given so much life to so many memorable characters thank you i appreciate that yeah yeah and so i wonder do you ever worry that your characters will start sounding alike or that you're going to lose interest in character creation uh, no, because, uh, you know, the characters are as different as the voices. So for me, when I'm creating a character, I, uh, I, if I'm fortunate, I get to see a picture of the character. And usually when I see a picture of the character, I can come up with a voice for that character, how I, I would imagine that character would sound. Uh, when I, you know, if they don't have that, then a lot of times they'll have a description of the character in the script or you be you're working with the director to try to come up with a voice for the character. So there's a lot of ways that that, that happens, and it's it's different on every single project. Um, I just wanted to address something real quick that you said earlier about the uh, the on camera actors. Uh, I I'm also an on camera actor, and I did a lot of that, uh, particularly when I first came to LA. I did a lot of soaps and TV shows and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um, Lewis on V. And- yeah, <laughs> uh, but but the, uh, the the you know the big difference with that is is that generally, uh, particularly in television, you're generally hired to kind of play yourself as this character generally. So there's not a lot of you know honestly when you when you think about it, think about some of the big the big stars like you know George Clooney or Clint Eastwood or John Wayne. I'm dating myself with these older mm-hmm. guys, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, some of these, uh, these new guys that are, they're pretty much, when you think about it, they're pretty much themselves in every different movie. They'll be in different movies, but they're basically playing themselves as that character. Right. Um, there's very few actors that get the opportunity to do on camera, uh, to play a, an incredibly different character than yourself. Like Gary Oldman is a great example of that. Mm-hmm. He does a lot of characters that are different. Phenomenal. Than He's a yeah. wonderful actor. Uh, you know, Dustin Hoffman, another one who does that sort of thing. But I'm just saying that, uh, you know, the, the, the nice thing about the voice acting is that you 
in many ways you get to be more creative because all you're using is your voice. So you're not relegated to the way you physically appear. So you're not mm -hmm. going to be cast necessarily the way you appear. You're going to be cast for the way you, you can create the, the voice for the, that character. So in, in some ways, I think voice acting can be more creative. That was a, a long-winded uh, spiel mm -hmm. about that, but I just, uh, you know. We like long-winded spiels. That's fine. It totally makes sense. <laughs> We're completely okay with long-winded spiels. Oh, good, because that's my middle name, actually. So. Oh, good, because those usually come from me, so I, I like hearing them from somebody else. All right, good. So as Tim mentioned, you have a huge, huge list of credits. It is, <laughs> Thank you. It is impressive. And that actually made me wonder, how did you get into voice acting? I mean, you mentioned that you did on-screen acting as well. But yeah. how did you get into acting in general and then transition to voice acting? Well, I was, uh, as I said, I was an on -ca I came to L.A. to be an on-camera actor, and uh, uh, I did a lot of that work. Uh, but, you know, on-camera is not uh, as... Uh, uh, prolific as the voice world is basically. Uh, my wife, Ellen Stern, I was dating her at the time. We were boyfriend, girlfriend, and she had done a movie for a company and they had another movie that they did and they didn't like any of the actors in it. So they wanted to replace all the voices of the actors in the movie. And she said, can I bring my boyfriend who is me? And I went there and the guy said, have you done this before? It was a dubbing thing to replace the voices. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh yeah, I've done it a million times and I never did it before in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I went in there and I, uh, you know, I, I took to it like a duck to water because I'm also a drummer and there's a real rhythm to doing this stuff. And, and as a director, I, I, you know, when I direct dubbing, I always see the people that are musical really have a better handle on this stuff than the mm -hmm. people that are not musical. Uh, that's why a lot of the celebrities that come in and have to, uh, reloop or dub their, their job, their work is it's sometimes they, it's like pulling teeth for these guys. It's just really hard for them to figure it out. But uh, I really took to it, and I really enjoyed it, and I got into it, and I got the lead in that particular thing. And then from there, they hired me in a bunch of other uh, live-action movies to replace uh, actors. And then from that, I went to uh, – I was hired to uh, be in a little show called Robotech, which was the first anime that was on uh, – well, not the first, but it was one of the first that was on national network television. Mm -hmm. And that was a big deal, and uh, that kind of blew up. And after that, I just basically did not stop working. And still haven't, thankfully. Uh, you know, uh, someone's got to pay for all this. Uh, but uh, anyway, I have not stopped working since then, and it's been—it's turned out to be a, a really nice thing, and uh, and I'm really grateful that I kind of fell into it in a way. So, yeah. I do love that you mentioned that you were also a drummer. The number of voice actors that we've talked to—we've we've been interviewing a lot of voice actors lately. Yeah. And the there is that commonality of so many voice actors have some sort of musical background. They have some sort of musical history in their lives, whether it was grandparents being musicians and them growing up around the music industry, or even being in, um, like David Sobolov, we talked to him a few weeks ago, and he was in an acapella group in college before wow. he became a voice actor. That makes and a lot of sense with David Sobolov, actually. It does. It really, <laughs> really does. But the yeah, he's a really he's a really nice guy. I, he I directed is. He was really David. nice to talk to. I directed him in the past, and actually, he and I did a big convention in Salt Lake City together. It was a lot of fun. Oh, cool! But, yeah, but uh, it's yeah. just it's fascinating to me the amount of musical people that go into voice acting. That actually it, it makes a lot of sense because you do have that rhythm and you do have that that ability to tone to match pitch and tone and. Yeah, plus all the guys that are recording you, they're all, uh, most of them are, you know, they're guys that recorded music. They mm -hmm. start out recording music and then they got drafted into this crazy stuff. So, you know, 
<laughs> it's we're all we're all kind of uh, six degrees of music, you know, in in this business. So you know, I, and it's funny. My son is a professional drummer. He's a drummer on Broadway, and he's done a, a lot of shows on Broadway. And uh, my daughter is a singer songwriter, incredible singer, and uh, incredible songwriter. And so you know, it's funny. Uh, you know, this, uh, there's a lot of musicality in this family. That's for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, it was interesting to me though that you brought up uh, the, the the voice looping, um, yeah. Because one of the things that I noticed in looking through all your credits, yeah, uh, on the on the third day of of, of reading through your credits because that <laughs> took me a while. Takes um, to scroll through. <laughs> Lord of the Rings has a has a quicker read through than <laughs> than his credits list. Um, but one of the more that, interesting. Uh, I don't know. I was I was pretty interested in your credits list. Going, oh, oh wow! I didn't know he, I didn't know he was in that. Right, that's the number of times cool. I'm like, oh wait, that's him. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. Totally did it. That's my um, that's the one thing people always say to me. I didn't know that was you, and it's like, how do you respond to that? Well, I I don't know. I didn't know it was me either. I don't know what do you say. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I we were talking with Anna Graves a couple weeks back, and I, and I said that to her that some of the things that she was on, I would I was very much surprised that she was a part of it. Yeah, um, you know, I didn't know that she was attached to that project. Uh -huh. And she said, well, I, she, she took it as a compliment. She said, well, that means I did my job right. If you didn't know it was me. Yeah. And I went, I went, okay, well, that makes sense to me as a voice actor. You're, you know, you weren't distinguishable. You created a voice, you had a character, you, you know, so yeah. that's uh, honestly, that's one of the most fun things for me as a voice actor. When people come up to me and they say, I had no idea that was you because like you say, it's something that's totally unrecognizable from what they perceive your voice to be. And you feel like, wow, I've just, I really became that character and, and, you know, they had no idea it was me. So that was, that's always fun for me to hear that. Yeah, I, I can imagine, you know, um, but as I was saying about the, 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 um, the looping, I had to look something up because I noticed uh, on Deadpool and Deadpool 2, you're credited for voice acting and something that was called an ADR loop group. And yeah. I'm like, what in the world? I had to Google search that and figure out what an ADR loop group was. And then I was like, Oh, it's voice looping. Okay. So yeah. can you tell us what voices you worked on in Deadpool and then what, what, what you looped, what, you know? Well, in Deadpool, uh, you know, you're lucky. This is one of the ones that I actually remember because, you know, <laughs> having done over 600, sometimes you can't always remember. <laughs> uh, in, in Deadpool, uh, I did the efforts for Colossus and in Deadpool 2, I did the efforts for uh, Juggernaut. Okay. So, um, uh, when we do when we do group uh, looping, that's basically uh, uh, anytime you go to a movie and you see people like in restaurants or if the uh, you know if the Tyrannosaurus behind Kathleen's head is attacking a group of people, you hear people screaming and running. They don't uh, necessarily do all that stuff while they're actually shooting the movie. They they do that when they come back in the studio and then they sweeten all that stuff with with loop groups, which uh, I do. Uh, some of that work as well. And, uh, and sometimes we have to, uh, uh, redo people's voices in the movies, or we have to, uh, you know, like in, uh, uh, Planet of the Apes, the new, newer ones. Uh, I was, I don't know if you remember the first one, but there was this giant, uh, gorilla named Buck. I did, I did his voice oh, okay. in that, yeah. in yeah. that, in that movie. So I do, you know, I do a lot of crazy stuff like that in movies and I've been in a lot of, uh, uh, you know, big, uh, films doing that kind of work, which is always kind of fun. 
to do that stuff. But uh, yeah, it, you know, it, it's a group of people, and it happens in animation. It happens in live action. You're, there's going to be scenes where they're in a you know crowd of people or a group of people or you know giving a speech to a bunch of people and they're cheering at the end or whatever that sort of thing. And or they could be talking at a cocktail party or you know anything like that where they need to fill that uh, ambient sound. Yeah. Uh, that's what loop groups do. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, I read yeah. about that last night on Google, and I was like, oh. And I think I probably read it for about 10, 15 minutes, a couple different articles, a couple different uh, sources that, you know, Google cited. And I thought, I actually learned something while doing research. And that That's cool. actually the best kept secret in show business. I'll tell you, there's a there's a group of people that do it constantly. And uh, they they do really well for themselves. They make really good money. They work all the time. They, they do really, really well. And uh, it's one of those jobs that a lot of people, you know, uh, outside of the industry and even some of the people inside the industry really don't even know that it exists, but it's a, it's a great source of uh, revenue for, for voice actors, you know, there anyone you out there who wants to get involved in that sort of thing is it's a great, great way to make a living. It really is. There you, go. Things that you don't think about, but then yeah. like you mentioned public, if they're giving a speech or they're at a party, there's all of that background noise. There's all of that. Yeah. And that has to have come from somewhere. I like in hospitals and, you know, anything. It could be a, it can be a battlefield. It can be any, any, uh, I mean, it depends on the movie, what the movie is, but it's, right. and you have to be, you know, ready to jump in. And if it's, if it's in a police station, you have to know some of the jargon that cops use. If it's in a, if it's in on a battlefield, you have to know what soldiers would say. If it's in a hospital, you have to have some medical uh, terms yeah. that you need to do and that sort of thing. And, and it's just, you know, there's people that are that are really excellent at it. And that's really what they do all the time. You know, and they like I say, they do really well and make a make a good career for themselves doing that. That makes sense. Yeah. So one of your credits is playing Gotham City's own clown prince of crime, who I happen to love in case. Yes, I see the picture behind your head. <laughs> I'll be okay. <laughs> I'm going to need a couple minutes. I'll be right oh back. No. So <laughs> he has been portrayed from a quick Google search for me. Joker has been portrayed by over 30 actors throughout the years. So how do you make such a well-known role? But I'm the only good one. That's hard to say. <laughs> That's hard to say. Because Mark Hamill's also really good. No, Mark is great. And, you know, the, the funny thing about uh, with Mark and me is that uh, Mark has done the done him forever you know mm -hmm. he's done him for a long time and when i first started doing him uh people thought i was trying to copy mark which is impossible because i've never actually heard mark to this day i've never heard mark's joker but uh but mark was really sweet i was on facebook one time and somebody kind of accused me of doing that and i said thank you for the compliment but i've never heard mark's joker and mark actually came on and said uh well i've heard yours and i think it's wonderful so I thought, what a what a great guy he is to do that. So that was really nice. Very classy. Yeah, I thought so. I thought so. But anyway, getting back to your story, um, the the way that I that part came about, it was a few years ago, and I was uh, auditioning for this thing called Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe, mm -hmm. and uh, they wanted me to audition for all the different characters, for all the characters in Mortal Kombat and all the characters in DC Universe. And, uh, you know, it was really fun. It was like being a kid in a candy shop because it was all the, you know, Batman and, and Superman and Joker and all these characters and, uh, and then all the fun characters in Mortal Kombat. So 
they had uh, DC on the horn. They had Warner Brothers on. They had NetherRealm Studios on uh, listening in. And uh, they wanted me to do all the characters, which I did. And the, the two characters that I really, really liked a lot was uh, was Joker and Raiden. And mm -hmm. uh, the casting director asked me afterwards, uh, They said, she said, Richard, they like you for everything. What would you like to do? Which they, ne <laughs> they never asked the actor what, what the, they don't care what the actor wants to do. You know, it's always up to, you know, the casting directors and the producers and that sort of thing. But I said, you know, honestly, uh, when I did the Joker, it was just so much fun. And I, I'd never tried to do the Joker. I never, you know, worked on him or anything. It just, just came out of me, this, this voice. And the laugh and everything, and uh, and I said, and I love Raiden as well. So, um, you know, uh, literally a couple of days later, she called up and said they booked you for both of those characters. So that was uh, that was great, and I've been doing that ever since. That's, that was thirteen years ago. So I've done uh, those characters for Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe, for uh, Injustice One and Two, for Mortal Kombat Eleven. Uh, uh, another game called Infinite Crisis I played the Joker in, and then mm -hmm. the, the new thing called uh, Joker's Funhouse, which is a uh, it's an amusement park that Warner Brothers is building or has built in Dubai, of all places. Oh. And uh, so one of the big rides there, it's kind of like you know the Indiana Jones thing that mm -hmm. they do at Disneyland, but this oh, is with, yeah. the, with the Joker. And, uh, you know, uh, I take over the ride and I terrify them, and then, of course, Batman comes at the end and saves the day. Oh. Fun. So yeah, it's pretty cool. So um, you know, I, I I'm very uh, honored to be playing that character. He's a very iconic character. You know, I've you know, as I said, I've done over 600 characters. But a lot of those characters, if you're not in into anime or some of these other shows, you probably wouldn't know who they are. But everybody knows who the Joker is. So right. that's that's a that's nice to have that character. You know, absolutely. Yeah, he's a fun character. He's a great character. So, because you were just talking about being Joker and Raiden in uh -huh. Mortal Kombat versus DC. So, what was it like doing those those scenes against yourself? <laughs> well, I'm schizophrenic, so it worked out okay. Actually, so, uh, it wasn't a problem. Uh, you know, it's really fun. You, you don't really think about it. I've, I've uh, throughout my career, I've I've done multiple characters in shows and had to talk to myself as different characters. So once again, that's always a fun thing if people don't really detect that it's you doing the the you know all the characters, and it's really great. And uh, so I I've been able to do that. And generally, when you do something like that, you do one one character all the way through, and then you come back and you do the other character all the way mm -hmm. through. So it's it, it's really not as uh, as weird as it might seem. <laughs> yeah, you're not bouncing between the dialogues. Yeah, so you're not trying be... to do back and forth. That would, I mean, you it could be done, but it certainly wouldn't be an ideal way to do it. But uh, yeah, so I can't right. imagine your voice would enjoy doing that. Yeah, it would be. It would be fun. I wouldn't mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, you know, listen, I'm I'm very easy to work with. Whatever they want, I, you know, I, I jump in, I do it. So there you and, go. Yeah, it's a solid way to approach it. Yeah. All right, so. We'll keep on the video game theme here for just a minute longer, if you don't mind. Sure. Because I'm curious, you know, because some of these games like Mortal Kombat and Injustice, uh, these fighting, uh, you know, you know, PvP games, there's a lot of non-commentary sounds. Yeah. Um, so how does how does that change or alter your approach, whether you're in a home studio or a studio studio? How do you prepare for the sounds that are required for a fight a fighting game? Because there's a 
a lot of grunts, groanings, uh, sounds of you know what you the sounds you have to make for somebody being struck by something, oofs yeah. and ahs and. Well, all that stuff is scripted, you know. It's scripted, so you know there'll be uh, you know, generally what we do is uh, you know, say he gets hit, you know, uh, you get punched in the face or you get punched in the stomach or you get hit with a pipe or I mean, it's all very. Uh, it, it's really tells you how to do it. So, uh, you know, when you, when you see in the script, what's, what's going on, then you just react to it accordingly and, and, uh, and go for it. So, you know, if you're getting hit in the face, you just, you know, <clears throat> you know, that kind of thing, you get hit in the stomach, you, say, <clears throat> you know, it's just, it's whatever, you know, whatever it is. So you just, you go along with it. And, uh, like I say, they, they generally have it in the script. Now, a lot of times on those efforts and uh, exertions, they'll have, uh, we'll do, uh, you know, maybe five, three, three to five different, uh, maybe small getting hit in the face and then medium getting hit in the face and then a big getting hit in the face. <laughs> and then, you know, uh, you know, you're throwing a punch, so you're going to throw it, you know, five times, you know, not really hard. And then you're going to do it medium. And so you, you're doing a bunch of stuff so they can choose, they can pick and choose, uh, what they think will match the animation once they get it all set up. So, uh, you know, it's that, that kind of thing as well. Nice. Unless you're, unless you're actually watching it, if you're, if you're dubbing something and you see it, then you just go along with what you see on the screen. But if it's an original animation thing, like games mostly are and, and mm -hmm. original animation, then, you know, it is in the script and it does, it does tell you what's going on. You know, like, uh, you know, your character gets hit with a broomstick or, you know, whatever it is. And then you, you, you imagine what that, what that would sound like. So, and re replicate it. Okay, well, that all makes sense to me. Yeah, very clear. All right. <laughs> so, all right. So clearly, uh, with a name like Funny Science Fiction Podcast, yes. we're uh, we 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 focus on sci-fi, superheroes, and even some fantasy-based stuff. And that all this all originates from our Facebook group, which is now over one hundred twenty-six thousand members. Yeah. Um, and growing every day. But uh, and our members are always interested in knowing. Yeah. What was the inspiration for young Richard growing up? They always want to know what the people that we talk to, <laughs> what was their inspiration growing up? Was there a movie, a comic book, or a book that really caught your attention and made you go, man, that's what I want to do? I, I have so, you know, it's funny because some of the people that I haven't seen in a million years that I grew up with going to school uh, say to me, they 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 all say, oh, we, we knew you were going to, do this kind of work because you were always doing voices in school and stuff like that. And I guess I did do a lot of that stuff and I, I impersonated a lot of people and did that sort of thing. So I guess uh, they kind of knew I was going to fall into this stuff. I always just thought I was going to, you know, just be an on-camera actor and do that. But uh, you know, life has a, a strange way of uh, making turns when you least expect it. But uh, sure, yeah. Um, anyway, you know, I had some weird, uh, not the usual stuff. I, I, I certainly did like Superman and Batman comics when I was a kid. I certainly okay. did like that growing up. There was another one called Herbie, which I'm sure no one's ever heard of. He was kind of a funny character. He he was this kind of short, dumpy kid who he had a he everyone made fun of him, but he had a, a briefcase filled with lollipops, and each lollipop gave him a different power. So he could become, you know, he could, if he wanted to be invisible, he would take that lollipop and lick that and he would become invisible. And so I, I it was, and they were all written really funny. I mean, it was a very funny uh, comic book. Uh, I don't even know if you could even find them anymore, but I love that. I liked, um, 
is it the Phantom? The Phantom who used to be in the jungle and uh, ride the horse. Yeah. And yeah. I used to love those comic books. Uh, I used to love, there was another one uh, called, I believe, called Slade, which was about a guy who used to be an Olympic uh, medalist. And then he became a kind of a private detective and used his his athletic prowess to solve the cases and find the bad guys and that sort of thing. Um, so that was kind of an interesting one, too. Um, one of the the animated uh, things that I really did enjoy was uh, uh, there was a Lone Ranger. I think it only ran one season, but it was all done in Indian ink and watercolor. And it was one of the most beautiful. Uh, I wish I wish I could find it today. It was really amazing, and I just fell in love with that as a kid and loved that. Um, so many things, but you know, my as you can see on the back of the wall here, my big influence and and love was uh, James Bond, and I just uh, oh. I grew up with him, and uh, I love all those movies, and and I'm working on this series called uh, Loop on the Third. I've been working on that for about twenty years, uh, directing a lot of them, writing a lot of them, and doing the voice of Jigen in most, and Zenigata in some, and uh, that. Uh, when I met uh, Monkey Punch, who created Lupin the Third, uh, he told me that he based a lot of this stuff on the James Bond movie. So oh, cool. we had we had that in common, and we had that that bond, you know, the bond with Bond. So um, I see what you did there. Yeah, you see what I did there. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you know, I I I, uh, I did a lot of stuff, and uh, you know, I, ever since I was a kid, even in even in like kindergarten, I used to write these uh, silly skits that. Uh, I used to have some of the kids in the class and we would perform them for the, the class. And, you know, and I just loved that, that people would laugh at the, at the, uh, the laugh lines and, and we just had a lot of fun doing that. So I, uh, I guess I was doomed to end up in this business. <laughs> I think there's a, there's much worse things you could have been doomed for. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. So you mentioned Herbie. So then I'm like, Oh, I don't know if I know that. So I looked it up and found some of the old, like, cover photos yeah his, his, his catch for his catchphrase was i'll bop you with this here lollipop that was his catchphrase i was laughing at this one this is the 1964 i don't know which issue this is but it just at the top of the the comic book says make way for the fat fury yeah yeah <laughs> they were they were hilarious and and I feel bad. I don't even know who wrote them. I don't know who created them. But you know, the thing is, it's not. Isn't it nice that we're mentioning it? That whoever wrote this and created it, see, your work wasn't in vain. We still love right. you. We still think about it. There you go. There see? are some really cool cover photos, like cover art. These are really cool. I'm going to be researching this more because okay, that looks good. hilarious. See, and I turned you on to it. And now you maybe did. We'll, maybe there'll be a resurrection of Herbie from all this. There you go. <laughs> I just thought that was a cute, uh, cute idea, you know. I like the the magical lollipops. Yeah, that is and, cool. And he's an anti-hero too, which is good. You know, there's a lot of kids that don't look like Superman or Batman, so they right. could uh, they could go, hey, we got this guy, you know, and uh, you know he could be a role model or whatever, you know what I mean? So yeah, right. definitely, that definitely. was fun. Yeah. So with all of the roles that you've had, is there one that you're particularly proud of or one that you feel like doesn't get enough attention um there's a bunch of them i'm particularly proud of you mentioned two of them raiden and joker i love doing those guys and i hope to be doing them forever until i can do them no more um 
there's a there's a relatively new one that I've been doing Akuma and Street Fighter. Uh, mm-hmm. He's he's kind of a tough one. It's like uh, you know, at the end of those sessions, you might as well just gargle some battery acid and call it a day. You know, <laughs> but uh, wow. Um, uh, I love doing Jigen and Loop on the Third. Uh, there is there's one that uh, oh uh, Ansem from Kingdom Hearts is a very popular character that I do and Terra Zeanort. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what else? Oh Bato and Ghost in the Shell, very popular character. I love doing him. He's another one of my all time favorite characters. Uh, there's one character that I really love doing, and uh, some people know him, but uh, it was it was for a game called. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of the game now. I played this character, uh, Ziggurat 8, Ziggy. Xenosaga was the name of the uh, mm-hmm. game. And uh, we were supposed to do five of them. We wound up doing three of them. And and actually, uh, the character is really interesting because he's kind of like RoboCop. He, uh, his family gets killed and he, he, he kills himself. And then they, they come back and they reanimate him and make him do their bidding for him. And it's just... Uh, there's a lot of pathos in the character, which as an actor really makes it uh, uh, fun to play because uh, he has a lot of levels, not just like a normal character. He's got a lot of this uh, stuff going on in his life, and it's and it, there's a lot of sadness uh, yeah. as well. But it, but it was a it's a really cool character, and uh, and every once in a while I go to a convention and people will uh, will know of Ziggy and uh, they'd be excited about that. Um. There's a crazy character I played, Bo 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 Bo. I don't know if you know him, but he was uh, he fought uh, crime with his nose hairs, which, <laughs> which seems like you know that seems like I would love to be at that pitch meeting. You know what? What do you got? I got this character that fights crime with his nose hairs. We're gonna green light this. This sounds like a great idea. Makes as go. much sense as Sharknado. So yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> No, it makes more sense in Sharknado. Still. Yeah, everything. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't be so sure. But, I, don't, but, I, I worked in nursing homes, and I've seen some pretty impressive nose hairs. I can imagine that they, they might have the ability they, to fight crime. Yeah, and now if you could just train those nose hairs, exactly. you know, to whip around and, you know, hit somebody in the eye, you know, you could do all kinds of damage. Braid them up, sharpen them to a point. You've got yeah. some weapons. There you go. There you go. All right, so, Richard, we've... Uh, We've gotten ourselves to a point here where we're uh, in there in our show where we like to run a little quiz with our our guests. Oh, so it's a five question quiz. Uh huh. They're all multiple choice. Okay, good. Okay, now it's not like the quiz. It's all Tim's fault. It is huh. Tim's fault because <laughs> Tim writes the quiz, and therefore, if you don't like it, it's on me. He writes How, the the quizzes that all people sing. That's or something. Something like that. So, <laughs> so if you get three questions correct. We want to send you this ah, mug that okay. I gave to the red shirt with Oh, okay. Oh, so I have to get them correct. I thought these are just the choices. Okay. All right. No, yeah. no. If you get three correct, we'll send you that mug. Oh, I want that mug. If you get four correct, we're going to send you the mug and this book, Custodians of the Cosmos, written by our group founder, Drayton Allen. Wow. It's written, it's written about a young man who wanted to join uh, the Star Trek Federation, um, wasn't able to make it. So he washed out. So instead, he's a custodian on one of the ships, and now he boldly cleans up after those who boldly just went. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah. So that's if you get three. If you get three, you get the mug. If you get four, you get the the mug and the book. However, if you only get two correct, we there has to be a, what we call a fun sequence, because consequence just sounds bad. So. 
I'm, but I'm we'd not like so to sure do... I like where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> it's not as bad as it sounds, I promise. Yeah. All right. We'd like to take your picture and make a meme out of you and post it in our group. That's fine. Okay. That's fine. All righty. Then we get to have some fun here. All right. All right. Kathleen, take us away with question one. Question number one. What is the real name of the Joker depicted in Tim Burton's Batman? A, Jack Napier. B, Jerome Valeska. Or C, Jackson Decker. Jack Napier. Correct. Correct. Very good. You had to add Jerome in there, though. I did, because I like Jerome. I do, too. It was always so sad that they couldn't call him the Joker. They just had to call him Jerome. I, I honestly, I don't know how you guys feel about the Joker movie, but I, I thought it was a little weird, to be honest with you. I kind of, I didn't like it because I felt like it was just a whole other character, you mm -hmm. know, that they were just, that had nothing to do with the Batman Joker. And, and this guy was just obviously mentally ill mm -hmm. and uh, going around killing people. And I, I don't really think that's what the Joker's deal is, but. Uh, you know, there's been, there's been a lot of discussion about that movie. And some of it is that it's, it's. Um, if you look at the clocks on the wall, they never change time. They're always at the same time. Hmm. And so this is that the whole movie is supposedly set inside of his mind. And he's, you know, during one of his sessions hmm. that you see him in at the end, that none of it, that none of that really happened. It was just in his mind. Oh, really? Okay. So I don't know if that's true or not. I, you know, we haven't had a chance to sit down with the director. Well, maybe, I maybe noticed when day. I was, when I was sitting watching the movie, it felt like the clocks weren't changing either. So <laughs> yeah, I wasn't a big fan of that one. So there's that. <laughs> as much as I love Joker, I didn't love yeah. that one. Yeah, that was, it was a, listen, he did an amazing job. I'm not, I don't want to take anything yeah. away from him. No, his portrayal was no, great. It no, just, Joaquin Phoenix is an amazing actor. But just I just felt the story was not really the joker from the batman you know i just right. thought it was a whole different character you know right well a lot of people feel that way too so i don't think you're i don't think you're alone those people are right <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right question two yes the joker made his first appearance in which of the following comic books detective comics number 27 batman number one or Brave and the Bold, number four? I'm going to say Detective 27. Yeah, it's actually Batman number one. Oh, really? The From the first Batman? From the, from the get-go. Wow. Boy, I screwed that up, didn't I? <laughs> That's okay. My wife and I actually met Bob Kane, if you can believe that. Oh, really? That's cool. Yeah, we actually met Bob Kane, and we were getting our on-camera um, uh, videos edited, and he happened to be there. I guess it was his girlfriend or somebody that he was with that he was helping and uh we started talking and uh you know at the time batman it was before the batman thing really blew up and uh, mm -hmm. they did the michael keaton movie and all that but you know we, i was talking to him and he, he was saying you know you know what you need richard to succeed in hollywood i said no bob what do i need he said you need to come up with a character like batman i said oh okay great that's that's no problem that's easy right <laughs> so many people have done it yeah okay yeah. i'll get right on that not really <laughs> he's a he's a great character they really they really hit gold with that deal yes they did all right well speaking of bob kane question number three uh oh the joker character was created by bill finger bob kane and a jerry springer b jerry siegel or c jerry robinson I'll have to say Bob Kane. It's probably not right, though, is it? No, it's 
Bill Finger, Bob Kane, and who is the third? Jerry Springer, Jerry Siegel, or Jerry Robinson? Is it Jerry Siegel? No, it's Jerry no, I'm, Robinson. I'm I'm batting a thousand on this deal, aren't I? <laughs> well, you it just one. shows you you don't have to know the history of the character That's to portray right. the character. That's right. All right, we're gonna switch gears and go away from Joker. Thank God. <laughs> so Raiden from Mortal Kombat. Oh Jesus, yes. <laughs> Has his powers modeled after what Japanese god? Is it A, Raijin, B, Fujin, or C, Inare? Raijin. Raijin is correct. All right. Yeah. All right, you got how many one. Right, how many right is that? That's two. Yeah. Two okay. out of four. You're, okay. you're at 50%. So you've got your fifth question here. You guys still get a chance to get the mug. I want that mug. All right. Listen, you mugs. <laughs> Question five. Raiden's appearance is inspired by what movie character? A. Raiden from Big Trouble in Little China. B. Chen Zhen from Fists of Fury. Or C. Tang Lung from The Way of the Dragon. Uh, I'm going to say Raiden from uh, Big Trouble in Little China. That is correct. correct. You, sir. You get a mug. A mug. I scored. Thank goodness. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, Ooh, in fact, it was close. Yeah, his appearance in Big Trouble in Little China, he's got the, the basket over his head. He works with electricity. You know, it's very much uh, similar to Raiden from Mortal Kombat. So. so you're saying they ripped it off is what you're saying? Inspired. It was inspired. Borrowed. <laughs> you know, I, I so it's many heavy people, leaning on borrowing. I, I have to go see that because, you know, I have so many people have told me that you've got to go see. Uh, that movie, and I haven't. I've yet to see it, and I got to see. It. There's so many movies. There's so many great movies out there. Yeah. You can you can't see them all, but uh, I, I should I should definitely see that just because I've heard that that's kind of where he kind of came from that character. But I, I mean, I don't know anything about that movie, but I'm assuming that the the whole thing about Raiden being the, you know, the uh, this noble honorable character, I'm pretty sure they kind of came up with that aspect of his his personality and everything mm -hmm. i think i don't know of course i haven't i haven't seen i haven't seen big trouble in little china in ages so yeah. i i would not be the one to be able to tell you what the uh the plot line is even anymore in that one i, See, I, I should have watched that one i should have watched that one instead i watched the other kurt russell movie escape from new york there you go yeah and uh so funny when you go and see i work with john carpenter i was in a movie called memoirs of an invisible man right and, yeah and uh john carpenter directed that he also directed escape from new york so it was kind of fun to see that uh see that movie he was great he's great john carpenter great great director and great great guy oh yeah yeah all right so richard we want to thank you so much for being on our show today no, where can our viewers and our listeners go to find out more about your previous work and what you're doing now uh, the best thing is to please follow me on Instagram. I would really love it if you guys would follow me on Instagram. Um, that's where I pretty much tell a lot of the stuff that's going on. I have, um, I'm trying to, I've got to look up some of these. Can I, can I plug some stuff real quick? Absolutely. Definitely. Okay. That, so your time to, your time to shine. My time to plug. Well, there let's you go. see here. Um, I have something coming up. Is it, uh, is it, uh, oh. No, that's not the one I was looking for. These are not the droids you're looking for. 
Uh, let me see here. Is this okay? Um, I've got a lot of stuff coming out. Uh, Lupin the Third, the first, the CGI movie, which looks amazing, is going back into the theaters on the 29th and 30th of August. If you get a chance to go see cool. it and you feel safe, go do it. Otherwise, it's on, I believe it's on Amazon. You can see it there. But it's it's really, if you get a chance to see it in the big theater, it's really incredible. And I do the voice of, of Jigen in that. And I've all, I also wrote the adaptation for that film. Nice. The other thing I wanted to push is uh, my wife and I are working on a, a series called Life's a Bitch, and uh, it's a sitcom, and it's very cute. If you get a chance, you can go on YouTube and put in Life's a Bitch and uh, see our two teasers that we did on there. And you, it uh, stars Ellen Stern, myself, and Stephen Tobolowsky, who's a wonderful actor. We, yeah, you, yeah. you probably recognize him from mm -hmm. a lot of the stuff he's been in. The guy's mm -hmm. been in pretty much everything. And uh, and it's really a cute show. It's about uh, an older couple who are having a little problems with their marriage, and they 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 get uh, Stephen Tobolowsky to be their marriage counselor. So it's Ooh. it's kind of a it's a funny uh, funny show. And my wife wrote it and produced it, so it's it's great. Um, and what else is going on? Got so much stuff. Uh, you know the the conventions are starting to pick up again, but I, I'm not sure if I'm going to be doing any of them until after. Uh, 2022 because i think that's probably when things will settle down and get a little more safe again but uh yeah, yeah I that, understand that yeah and that's about it and uh like i say please 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 follow me on instagram i would love it and uh you can always visit my website at richardepcar.com and uh and i do have a presence on uh, twitter and facebook as well so you can see all those things but uh, i'm really trying to wean off of those other ones and go more on Instagram. <laughs> we will make sure that we have all of that. I mean, Tim's yeah, already it, typing it out. I see him doing it. Yeah. It's just Richard Epcar on Instagram. You can follow me there. We will make Fair sure enough. that that's out there so that our viewers can find you. Awesome. Thank you so much. Definitely. And we want to remind our viewers that subscribing is the single most important thing you can do to ensure that we get more amazing guests like Richard here today, and we can provide you with more funny moments to listen to. So please subscribe uh, to our show. It's going to help us far more than you're ever going to know and appreciate. Um, and please be sure to check out Richard at richardupcar.com and on Instagram as well. And you'll find out uh, more about all of his wonderful works there. Now, of course, if you're not happy with the content of today's video, all you have to do is submit in duplicate form, of course, to the clown prince himself, the Joker. <laughs> and let's be honest. You can fill them out and quadruplicate if you wanted to. It's not really going to matter. In fact, the only thing that we can be certain of is that neither are you or I are going to be happy with the results. Because let's be honest, he's coming after us both. And although his name is the Joker, chances are it's not going to be very funny. <laughs> you know, thank you so much for being on the show, Richard. It was a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. It was a lot of fun for me, too. Thank you. All right, guys, thank you for watching Funny Science Fiction Podcast. Our show is brought to you by our charity sponsor, the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund, which helps support the Wish Upon a Teen Foundation that helps out sick kids when they need it most. And just imagine the comfort you'll give Red Shirt crewman number 57. He'll know that when he puts on the red shirt and defends us all from the Joker 11 minutes before the Justice League shows up, he will know that he didn't leave his family destitute and without hope because the Red Shirt Widows and Orphan Fund has his back and what's left of his transport ship, and a gun that comically says BANG. Now, speaking of sponsors and show partners, check out this short video that we have from our other show partner, 
Level up lightsaber. about level up lightsabers and their online training sessions can be found in the episode description below on behalf of the rest of the hosts of funny science fiction we'd like to thank you for listening to this episode if you'd like to be a guest on one of our future episodes please contact us by means of our facebook group funny science fiction you can find us on twitter or instagram using the handle at funny sci-fi or you can go to draytonallen.com and click the contact me link at the bottom of the page thanks again hope you enjoyed the episode Copyright 2020 by Drayton Allen. Original music by Jordan Michaels. Reference to any specific product or entity mentioned in this podcast does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation of or by funny science fiction or its sponsors. The views expressed by guests are their own and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. If you have questions about this disclaimer, please contact us via email at DraytonAllen at DraytonAllen.com.